On this week's episode of the XI Network podcast, we discuss Toronto FC's obliteration of DC United in the MLS Cup playoffs first round and look ahead to their next match against New York City FC. All that and more coming up right here on the XI Network podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 37, right? 37? 37. 37. Or it might be 36, depending on how we edit and release yeah. them. guess we're going to see. Um, we can't yeah, tell I the guess... future, but you can. You are from the future, viewer. Yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, based on the uh, the way that... Because we're recording this one after the Premier League episode, mm-hmm. but um, we're actually probably going to release it first. So yeah, you're right. This is going to be episode 36 of the XI Network podcast. I am your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today, just another two-man show, but we swapped out Peter Robinson. He's gone across the pond to England to watch a couple games over there, and we have found Chengiz Khan. We have found him. Hello. Hi. It, it me, podcast man. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. I have missed that, that sultry accent of yours on this podcast. And I have missed ragging on Greg Vanny. It's good to be back. Well, I don't know, man. Based on what we're about to talk about, there's not really much to, to rag on with... Uh, I mean, it's one result, but like it was a very important result, a good result. It was a, a great result. Uh, so mm. that we are here to talk about Toronto FC. Uh, can we say annihilating? Is that, is that a fair term? I Based think Based on how fair. the game played out? I think, yeah, annihilating like, DC to, to, United. Because they dominated. One. They dominate for most of the game, right? And then they got that rather fortunate equalizer of a set piece which in fairness can happen to anybody like even like if we put together like a sunday league team we could probably score off a set piece against tfc because let's face it that's never been our strong point um but yeah no it's <laughs> yeah we annihilate them 50, uh, four goals in 15 minutes that's that's annihilation. four goals in 15 minutes and we're going to get to that but let's let's kind of go into the build-up to the match because there was a lot of conversation around this game uh about whether or not toronto fc was going to have what it took uh, what it takes to, to to beat dc united uh and uh, a lot of the conversation in that regard uh was around omar gonzalez and how mm. you know great he's been for the team defensively since coming in uh the stats that toronto fc uh have shown defensively since he's come into the team and that he was basically the difference maker well cut to game day uh you know it's saturday uh afternoon and we get word that altador and gonzalez are both out of the team uh cue panic buttons everybody is freaking out uh everyone's kind of writing off toronto fc that you know this is it game over uh dc United are gonna win this game comfortably um but uh ye have little faith for uh toronto fc surprised uh everybody uh, and showed that they actually do have quality on their bench uh, and that they are able to uh, step up in big moments. And I mean, look, we've talked about this before on the podcast, Chengiz. Playoff TFC is a completely different beast from regular season TFC. And I think that Saturday was just another example of that. Uh, the the BMO field is, is rocking. It's loud. Uh, Saturday was the loudest I've heard it in a really long time. Mm. Um, it was just, it was a great atmosphere. It was a party atmosphere. Uh, and the, the players played to it. And I love seeing that. I love watching the players, you know, getting the crowd amped up, asking for more. I love seeing that. They stuff. were and definitely, that- they were definitely immersed in the occasion. That That is for sure. And you're right. It is a completely different thing going to BMO field during a playoff game. It is 
much louder. It is much more involved. It is much more. We're the twelfth and the thirteenth man. You know, like it's, Absolutely, it's yeah. electric. And, um, and, and it was electric. And I mean, um, I'll be honest. It had, uh, and I was talking to a couple fans about this, uh, but it had, um, it had a few sort of uh, remnants of that amazing um, victory against Montreal back in 2016. Yes which took us to our first MLS Cup final, uh, just in the sense that, you know, when DC, you know, equalized, and we're going to get to that, um, the stadium got louder. Uh, and the same thing happened against Montreal, you know, all those years back when, um, you know, when we went uh, down that first goal, you know, the stadium's uh, noise level rose. And it's like the the fans, be- knew, we knew that we were the better team throughout the match. We knew that we had them on the ropes. It was just a lapse of concentration in that, that final minute there. Uh, and, you know, the, the team rose to it. But um, but let's sort of uh, let's go back to the beginning. You know, let's talk about uh, the, the team that we fielded. Um, so I mean, look on on the face of it, it was definitely um, an interesting look to say the least. Yes. Uh, you had you know Benazay up top. You had Endo Delgado and Pozuelo in the middle uh, with Osorio and Bradley. Um, and then you had on the back Moro, Mavinga, Simon, and Aro, who started huh. over Larea, which I thought was an interesting choice, but hey, it worked. Uh, and then, of course, Westberg and Nett, who can we just please take a moment to give a shout out to Quentin Westberg, who had one hell of a game. He did. I it's, mean, it's, it's uh, almost makes you forget that he didn't even play for the first like nine games or something of the season. It, it, and, and once again, not to, harp, not to sort of harp back to it, but it kind of takes me back to Alex Bono of 2017, you know, mm. who, who you know, had a great season, obviously, but you know, came into the playoffs and just stood on his head and was yep. stopping you know, everybody. I mean, he had that mm. great stop against Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, he made you know, some huge saves against Columbus uh, and, and sort of you know, was one of the driving forces behind us going to the MLS Cup and, and eventually winning it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and Westberg showed that same quality. I mean, he stops you know, Wayne Rooney um, point blank twice in a row in the 64th minute. Uh, Ola Kamara has a breakaway in the 76th minute. He stops that. Uh, and just absolutely stood in his head. He commanded his box, uh, and I think that this game really showed that he was the right choice. Um, not to, to not to one. damper the hype a little bit, but I did catch the the Wayne Rooney shot, the point blank one uh, again. And in fairness, it is right at him. Like if he puts him a little, if he puts if he places it a little bit on either side of Westberg, there's no way anybody's stopping that. But he was equal to it. He made the save. He was the right choice, for sure. And I don't think there's been any doubt about that. You know, Bono's showed up here and there. But he's never put in a, a definitive performance this season. Like, he's like my memory of modern this, this season has been more early season, you know, brought with him into 2019 the problems he had in 2018. And then he was dropped, replaced with Westberg, and then um, Vanny started playing him on the away games. And, and, he, and, I, and, he, and he did a job. You know, he did, it wasn't spectacular, but he didn't need to be because the defense was also getting better at the time. Credit to Vanny, I have to say. I know, I, I need to have a drink when I say this. Can, Credit to can, v- we, can we get this on record? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, thing, thing about podcasts is uh, it's, it's recorded, right? It is the record. Um, there you go. <laughs> but, it's also, but also it's fake news because it's media, right? So hashtag <laughs> fake news. Um, yeah, no. Um, he, he's, he's coached the defense well. And... You were saying that people were surprised when, you know, Omar Gonzalez has been ruled out and then they came out and put on a good defensive performance. Here's something that people forget, especially when you have a side that is so lacking in quality for so long, is when you have 
a good player. This is why you pay money for very good players is because it just it's a perspective change. It they bring fresh ideas, they bring more experience, they bring their you know, their own creativity to to solving problems and to creating a more cohesive unit, a more cohesive squad. Like just having Omar Gonzalez there in training, you know, the other players can look to him and say, "Oh, he's doing it like this. I don't get it. Maybe I'll go ask him." You know, before they didn't have anybody; they just sort of had the word of the manager and you know, whatever they found on Chris Mathinga's highlight reel that wasn't a complete atrocity. Because let's face it, before the season, he was an atrocity. This, <laughs> but he has magnificently grown. Um, he's been he's been second to only to Omar Gonzalez in the defense this whole. This whole season, he's he's just stepped up magnificently, and you know, like when you have that, I'm not going to say world class, but when you have that leader at the back, when you have that personnel, that that one player that does make a difference, then just by extension, it elevates the players around you. I know this is a cliche and it's not original, but it's the truth, and truth isn't original. So deal absolutely, with it. <laughs> and you know what? And hey, Mavinga had a great match against DC. Uh, you know, he uh, he played it safe. He, uh, you know, he didn't make any uh, rash decisions or rash challenges. Uh, very few mistakes on his part. Uh, I, I think the entire defensive back line looked good. Um, only player that I have, you know, a few questions for is Laurent Simon. Uh, you know, he had, there were times where he looked out of his element. Um specifically um when just because montreal play. aren't used to play off football hey yo <laughs> well actually i was saying that uh, to one of the, the people that sits next to me uh in the game i was i was saying you know a part of me wonders if laurent simon was sent in by montreal uh, to sabotage us because there was just a few moments uh where he was you know um kicking the ball you know from a just a, a dead ball from uh from the back and it, i mean I, I don't know how else to compare other than like it looked almost sunday league to it, to it, where he turns his whole body to look at Westberg, and then Rooney starts running towards Westberg. So then he turns his whole body to look towards like Aro, and then there's a uh, like a midfielder running towards Ar- you know, Ariola running towards all uh, Aro, and then he turns again, and like he just it's like just play the ball, man, mm-hmm. like play the ball. Like it took him so long. I uh, there was just times where he just felt like I said, just like he was uh, a bit out of his element. Well, I mean, I saw I said this in the early season as well in the early podcasts. Is his decision making is shit. Mm-hmm. It just it hasn't been good since he got here, and they're saying like they sent Montreal sent it to us to sabotage us. No, I think they they sent Simon to us so that they don't sabotage themselves anymore. <laughs> just get rid of them. Just just so send like, them it's off. like self preservation. Yeah, but, send them to our biggest rival, right? It's like a yeah. Trojan horse. But in um, fairness, like it was it was a strange acquisition on our part because we got rid of who did we get rid of Hagland. Uh, yeah, Hagland went to uh, and Hassler, even though he yeah. was more of a midfielder, but. You know, like we got rid of two very good players for an aging. Let's face it, has been. Oh, like I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Simon at all. Um, like I, I tried to sing his praises at the beginning of the season, saying he's a calm, experienced side. He's a ball playing centre back. Uh, it'd be nice if he made a pass. That made sense. Yeah. I mean, look with uh, with Omar Gonzalez in this team. You know, if he's healthy, Laurent Simon's not getting a run in. Um, mm. And I, I think that, you know, that this game sort of solidified that, uh, you know, you had Morrow who looked great. Uh, Aro looked pretty good. I think Larea is still the better option. And I'll be very surprised if you don't see a Richie Larea start. Um, on Larea, should, Larea should start. But I mean, he was, he's a really good option off the bench because he does have that energy and he has that finesse and the technique that is really hard to keep up with in the later stages of the game. So 
I understand what he was going for. I think he definitely wanted the pace of Oro on the wing. Um, but Larea coming on and then scoring that goal, beautiful. Yeah, but no, 100%. I see your point. I, I see your point. He should start because he can he can unlock defenses uh, sooner. He can, and he's he's just quick, and he's he's vibrant, and he uh, he just gives you that other attacking option from the back, right? And I mean, with two wingbacks like Morrow and Larea playing, uh, the service you're going to... And I think that if Eltador is fit to play on Wednesday, which I, I believe he will be, uh, I honestly think that, you know, you need a player like Larea because his service into the box um, is, is phenomenal. The way well, he can just sort of, you know, make those run up the wings. He can, you know, his his ball control is great. His dribbling skills. He can step through defenders. And then, you know, in, as opposed to just these long balls into the box hoping to bring it down, you know, you have a player like Larea who can actually walk the ball right into the box. Uh, and it's a lot more dangerous. I have a very spicy take for you right now. Ooh, let me hear it. I trust Richie Larea in the box more than I do Pozzuolo. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's not spicy. I thought that'd be I, very spicy. I, you know, it's 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 spicy, but I I agree with you one hundred percent. I I think that you know Pasquillo is great. He's a great player, but I think that he's a lot more dangerous from outside of the box. And we saw that mm. against DC. Uh, if you look at you know, uh, um, Pasquillo's assists on the night, um, they came from outside of the box. Yeah. Uh, you know that first goal that Marky Delgado scores. You have a shot outside of the box that Bill Hamid spills. Delgado's right there to place it home. Uh, Osorio's banger, which I cannot believe I'm saying those words together. Osorio, Osorio and banger. banger. Uh, but it was. I mean, hey, all credit to him. Uh, it was another Listen, that, you know delivery from outside of the box. Uh, you know, to the top of the to the top of the box where uh, where Osorio was waiting for it, and he just smashed it first time. Uh, and so I, I think that Pasuelo is much more dangerous from outside of the box. And I think that's where he's a lot more comfortable. Yeah, uh, he is. Whereas I think Larea is a lot more dangerous inside the box, which we saw on his goal, you know, a beautiful feed from Bradley uh, to uh, um, Delion, who then feeds it to Larea, and then Larea, you know, slots it home. Mm. Uh, so I just, yeah, I, th- I think that the team in general looked good. Now, um, we're kind of all over the place here, but that's okay. We're excited, and that's you know that's the way things go. <laughs> that's uh, good though. Let's let so let's kind of. I mean, the majority of the game was pretty pretty simple. Uh, Toronto City dominated possession. Um, they dominated control of play. Uh, mm. you, Rooney was pretty much non-existent for most of the match. Uh, DC could not seem to string anything together. Uh, Bill Hamid could not hold a ball to save his life, uh, which is a, is a surprise because Bill Hamid is a is a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's been consistently one of MLS's best. I think he's been in the All Star eleven quite a few times. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. And he's and he's you know stood on his head for um, he stood on he, his head for uh, for DC quite a few times, but just was not played, his night. He played like freaking. Alex Bono last year he was yeah. flapping crosses he was not holding on to things his hands seemed to be made of jello and uh, you know I was, I was saying to you when I was watching the highlights is that that Azorio banger which again you're right doesn't make any sense <laughs> to say those words but he, his starting position was super suspect like he didn't he hit it hard Azorio but you know, not at a rocket pace. You know, we're not talking like Daniel Sturridge levels of pace. You know, we're, oh, talking, no. we're talking like a good solid strike. Very well placed. It probably would have gone in regardless, but he was nowhere near the ball. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised. Like, I would have thought, okay, he's probably going to get a, try and get a fingertip to it. But, you know, like, it's it a strange performance overall. He definitely didn't do his side any favors. But honestly, I think their midfield had bigger issues than he did. 
Absolutely. Uh, midfield was just out to lunch. And there was there was moments in the game where Wayne Rooney was playing like almost like a, a, a center defensive mid role uh, yeah. where he was almost as well, far Well, he's always done that, the, though. He's always done that. He's, he likes to get involved. Absolutely. But, but the problem is that it wasn't like he was back there, you know, picking up balls and, and then moving it forward. Uh, he was... He just he was non-existent back there, but he was pushed so far back that there was actually a moment where DC didn't have any forwards. Um, yeah, the, the the ball was going down into Toronto FC's end, uh, and there literally was no like all of the DC players were you know at center half or even you know a little bit further back. There was nobody up front, uh, and so I think that the entire formation just got discombobulated. And I think that you have to give credit to TFC on that because they just absolutely walked all over them. Um, and really I mean, even towards the end of the game, it felt like they were going to see the result out. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, a slight error by Quentin Westberg is what led to the, the equalizer. Uh, you know, the ball gets, um, you know, lobbed into the Toronto FC area. I don't think you can blame him though. Like it's the dying embers of a match. It's they've got everybody in the box. I mean, you, if you concede when you have 11 opposition players in your box, it's really not anybody's fault. But, That's just one of those things but, that happens. No, no, no but, I, but I'm talking about the build-up to the corner. So the ball gets lobbed into Toronto FC's. Instead of letting the defender, uh, you know, who was right on it, right there, uh, I believe it was uh, Simon, um, you know, clear it. He Westberg makes a decision, which we've seen him do before throughout the season, come storming out. Uh, and, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, bobbles it uh, and the ball gets and en- ends up getting put out for a corner uh, as opposed to just letting the defender take care of it. He kind of, you know, made a rash decision that letting Simon take care of things. And then the, uh, <laughs> the corner was eventually, uh, you know, obviously scored on uh, just, you know, a lapse of concentration. But sure. I wanted to get to the end of the game because, look, we, we finished the 90 minutes uh, games tied one one. I'll be honest, there was a few moments of nail-biting from everybody in the stadium. You know, it was mm. loud, but, you know, everybody was looking around. And obviously, the number one thing in everybody's head, penalties. We did right. not want penalties. And I remember saying to everybody around me is that if this goes to penalties, it's going to just be heartbreak. And we, we were yeah. all feeling that. And mm. um, I think that whatever was said in that that huddle leading up to to have, to extra time, just worked because what you had coming out of the gate was what we saw in the 90 minutes was a strong Toronto FC team that worked together. Um, that was gelling together. That was controlling possession. Um, and what we saw in extra time was a completely different beast, uh, where they just turned it from a hundred up to 150 Oh, yeah. uh, and they banged in four goals in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, and, and I'll be honest, two of them were, um, two of them were, uh, I don't want to say, you know, garbage goals. Uh, Larea's goal was beautifully um, fed to him. But I mean, at that point, you know, he's point blank range. Where are your defenders? You know what I mean? They uh, were trying to play the offside trap and just did it terribly. Um, but then, I mean, the rest of the minus Osorio's first goal, uh, which you know was sort of just a cleanup in the box. Once again, Bill Hamid f- fumbles the ball off a corner, uh, and Asori is there just to kind of flick it up and in. The rest of them were bangers. I mean, you had that beautiful goal from uh, Asorio where he smashed it, uh, and then can I just say poetic justice? Is that is that a fair fair yes, term to say? Yes, yes. Delion, so. you know, loved playing in DC. They chose not to option his contract. Toronto FC picks him up, 
And what does he do? But he scores the nicest goal on the night mm-hmm. to basically put the nail in the coffin against his former club outside of the box, just puts it far corner uh, off the, uh, off the crossbar and in perfect finish. Uh, and then the best part is, I'm not sure if you saw it, but uh, if you have a chance to go back and rewatch it, Chengiz, uh, him and Osorio celebrate and they do the exact same celebration at the exact same time. <laughs> and so it's kind of like in FIFA where there's a glitch and the celly at the same time. Uh, and so if you have a chance, go back and look at it because it's amazing. Um, but yeah, they just put on this completely different, this clinic where they, they stepped up and uh, they basically said, look, we're not going to penalties. We're the better team. Uh, we dominated this game and now we're going to show it. And uh, they did. They did. They were magnificently spirited. I they think were. And, the, and I, I saw the best this, way I can describe them. I saw this great tweet. Uh, which I want to read to you because it, it made me laugh. And I think I sent it to you guys, but it says, uh, and it's from uh, Spooky Brandon uh, at Brandon Laporte. Imagine being so terrified of your penal- of penalties that you obliterate your opponent to avoid having to go to penalties. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, that was such a... It's a good fear. It's a it good was fear. Such, such a, fitting, uh, a fitting sort of um, tweet to read because that was the first thing I thought too was wow they really did not want to take any chances going to penalties the the first goal came I think two minutes into extra time and then uh you know in the next 13 minutes they put three more away to, to sort of make sure they secured that win um let's so quickly just so I mean Toronto FC moves on they're going to play New York City FC mm. uh at City Field on uh, Wednesday night seven o'clock kickoff um totally different team New York City uh, they're going to be playing in a baseball stadium, which is just, uh, it's terrible for the game. But, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, however, New York City loses home field advantage because they're playing in a different stadium due to the World mm-hmm. Series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what's your take on that game? What what are you looking at? What do you think Toronto well, FC is going to do? I I think he should definitely keep with the balance that we had. I think what we had in the midfield. I think a lot of our midfield performance had to do with Bradley actually showing up. Mm-hmm. which he had not been doing this season for the most part. Like, we were very critical on this podcast about him not too long ago. So I think if you keep that energy up, and I think if you put Altidore into the starting eleven, you, I would even bench Pudswell, honestly. You keep that midfield chemistry. You put Altidore up top. I think Benize, maybe Gallardo... Um, definitely Richie Larea. They have enough creativity themselves to get balls into Altidore and to, to cause problems. So give Pozzuolo a bit of a rest. Use him a bit as a plan B option. I think we do have this game in the bag. I don't know by how much, but I definitely know we're going to we're, we're going to score a couple. I don't know if we're going to concede, but I, I, I think we're going to win. Now, I don't want to count the uh, chickens before they hatch, but I just want to say that uh, in our you know very short playoff history, uh, we have um, we have some great results against New York City. Uh, we obliterated them in 2017, um, mm-hmm. you know, five nil. Uh, and also, just quickly on that note, um, this is now the third time in Toronto FC's history that they've scored five goals in a playoff game. Uh, they did it against uh, Montreal in 2016. They did it against the uh, New York City FC uh, in 2017, and now against DC. Uh, and so hmm. five seems to be their number, uh, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, just uh, I want to say that I did say last week on the pod that um, playoff Michael Bradley is a different beast, just like playoff TFC is a different beast. And I said mm-hmm. if Bradley shows up to play. I said Toronto FC is going to run away with the game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I think he was uh, brilliant from the midfield. 
uh, you know, he was sort of the maestro and he was the, the piece that kind of made everything tick. Um, now against New York City, uh, yeah, I, I honestly think that Toronto FC should be, I know, I know that on paper they're not the favorites, uh, but I think that they should be looked at as a, a, a real contender. Uh, I think that, um, you know, we've had great results against New York City all season long. Uh, and I think that if they go with the chemistry that they had uh, against DC, um, that you, uh, you're going to see a, a team that's really going to come out and, um, and do some damage. Now, I'm going to disagree with you because I, I'm actually on the fence about whether or not you start Altidore. I know it seems like the obvious choice, mm. but with how well Toronto FC played against DC with the, the, the players they had, is this not a situation of if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah, um, no, you're I, sure for sure. But but I'm just I'm more concerned about keeping Pozzuolo healthy. We can't afford to lose him for sure. I and I he's do he's agree with he, you. he's he's been on the go for as near as make no difference two years. I think he's played break. Uh, 75 games now without a break, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, and and um, if he if he, like there's there's no reason to suggest that he's gonna burn out and break right now, but it is a cause of concern, and I am concerned about him, and I do think like against a team like New York City FC, with all due respect, whom we have a good history against, we don't necessarily need to bring out such... We don't need to strain him too much. We can definitely experiment with one or two parts of the formula, but the main thing is we keep that midfield as it is, because whatever so, that was happening, whatever was do, we were doing against DC was clearly working, and it was coming from midfield. Well, let, me pose you, let me pose you a question then. What if... Um, no, you start Pozzuolo. You start the, the squad pretty much unchanged. I think you take Simon out. You throw Omar Gonzalez in, uh, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, he was on the training pitch today. Um, now, let me let me throw a question to you. So what do you say you start this, the starting 11 that you had against DC, uh, and then you use Eltador as your bench option and replace him with Pozzuolo if things aren't working or if you need that change or even just to freshen it up, um, and you kind of throw Eltador out there, and then you have him and, and Benese kind of switch uh, switch roles and you uh, you go from there. Well, what are your thoughts on that as opposed to saying... Well, if Pozzuolo's, if Pozzuolo is on the pitch to begin with, he's not being taken enough. off. Because the minute you do that, you give the other team confidence and you also... Because the, the whole point of having Pozzuolo on the pitch is to unlock defenses. If you feel like you need to um, put Altador on the pitch too, they're not like for like players. It's not like for like switch. So you, one doesn't come off and replace the other. Uh, no, they you keep them on together, especially because they are the most lethal strike force in this team. Like they connect well, they've they've linked well all season. You use that as another option, as another attacking option. You don't take Pozzuolo off. So it is like yeah, Benze would probably have to be sacrificed. You put Pozzuolo on the left. You could put him in the middle. You can put him wherever you want. You could even play him in goal. I don't really care. But uh, Pozzuolo starts. He remains on the pitch the whole ninety minutes. Um, I say, like, this is why I think, you know, you put Altador on, you keep him on the first 45, you keep, and if things are not working after 45, you haven't got a goal, or you haven't even begun to play well, then you throw Pozzuolo in, that way at least he's not too, too strained. I have confidence in the pozzuolo Altador link producing two goals to turn around a situation. I really do. I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think that it's an interesting question. I'll be, I'll be curious to see what Greg Vanny chooses to do. I think that both options are, are good options. Um, and so I'm, I'm mm. kind of curious to see what they do. But I do agree that keeping Pozzuolo healthy and protected is definitely a, um, a priority uh, for this team. 
Especially considering we can't rely on Altidore right now. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that's another thing that should have, you know, opposing teams shaking in their boots is that I feel like a lot of them were looking at Toronto FC, like no Altidore, no, pro- uh, no Altidore, you know, serious problems, but it's turning into more of what we showed on Saturday was no Altidore, no problem. Uh, Toronto FC has the ability to still score um, goals from other parts of the pitch and that we don't just rely on Altidore. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a serious worry for, um, for teams that we're going to come up against. Uh, can I take a quick pause here just to kind of throw out um, what a ballsy move by Greg Vanny to take Chris Mavinga off in the 106th minute and replace him <laughs> with a striker. I mean, it's 5-1 going into the second period of extra time. They have just taken off Wayne Rooney uh, and Greg Vanny decides to take off, uh, you know, our, I would say our best center back uh, and replace him with a striker. Uh, I think that that was the moment where you saw the white flag surrender from DC uh, and the two massive middle fingers from uh, Toronto FC. Whereas you have DC taking off, you know, their superstar Wayne Rooney, their captain saying, look, all right, we're conceding. Uh, And then you have uh, um, Toronto FC taking off their defender for a striker. I just thought it was, uh, and he almost scored. He had a few great chances uh, towards the end of the match there. It could have made it six. Uh, he did. And so it was just a, a very ballsy move by Greg Vanny and one that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Um, and so I liked it. It was like asserting dominance. Yeah, it was like it wasn't a matter of being like, okay, guys, let's just sit on what we have. It was hell no, we're going for more. Uh, and I like that. I like that attitude. I like that um, that confidence. And I think that that's what TFC needs going forward. Absolutely. I really like that change. I mean, you know, immediately when it happened, I was just the, the, the Simpsons gif. Stop it. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the only well, image I, I remember I, I was saying to my what? brother and I went, is he taking a defender off for a, for a striker? And I looked at my brother and my brother went, yeah. hell yeah, he is. And I remember thinking, yeah, all it's right. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it was, a, it was a good thing for morale as well. Just if they got that sixth. Or and even that seventh, like that would it would be a signal of intent. It's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a message more to the rest of the league than it is to the opponents on the field because they're yeah. beaten, they've given up. It's more like yo, we're here. We're we're, we're yeah, we kind of have a weird season, but yeah. we're here now. And and, and you know what? It was a good us. chance to give Mullins a run, give him a playoff run for a few minutes yes. there, and the game was you know in the bag already. Uh, and so keep him fresh as well. I mean, you never know. Like I said, Altidore is is currently fighting an injury, and so you know if I don't think Mullins should be a um, a a realistic replacement for Altidore in any sense of the word. Uh, but that being said, no. But if he can if he can, if he can get a run out if he can get a run in Foreman even if off the bench, then that's an option to be out. Exactly. And then we can I be mean, less less worried. You know, or knock on wood, if we do go down, you need that extra striking option. You bring on Patrick Mullins. Uh, you know, you want to keep him fresh. And so I think it was a good move by Greg Vanny. Uh, but I mean, replace replace him, replace Altidore and Pozuela with Schaffelberg and. <laughs> Yeah, and Mullins. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk to you about, um, and just sort of talk about before we finish up this uh, this pod here, uh, is that uh, it is now confirmed that Toronto FC, if they're going to go all the way and win MLS Cup, uh, they're going to have to do it the hard way. They're going to have to do it on the road. Uh, there is no viable option for them to play another home game this playoffs uh, with the um, the collapse of Red Bulls after being up three one against Philadelphia. Uh, and with Portland losing, um, yeah, the uh, and Dallas losing, uh, any chance of Toronto FC having a um, a home playoff game again is now moot. 
Uh, and so that being said, uh, they're going to have to do it on the road. Uh, and it's difficult, but not impossible. Uh, and it'll just make for that much more of a Cinderella story if they do it. It is a shame that we're not going to get any more BMO playoff football, quite honestly, because it was good for the league. It was good for the fans. It was good for the players on the pitch too. And having that home field support is very, 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 very important in any knockout competition. But, um, you know, if I, I, I think we have the character to deal with it. I think we have the talent, the squad, and dare I say, the management to deal with it. We are now in familiar territory more yeah. than anything. Like yeah. this is our this is our scene. We've been here three years in a row. Mm -hmm. One, we nearly won. With the next one, we did win. And now here we are again trying to defend it. So it is... And they had a Champions League final in between that as well. And they um, had a Champions League final in between that. So, you know, cup competitions are, are bread and butter. We're still figuring out how the league works, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, and we're figuring out how to keep people fit and how to keep our podcasts happy. Knock on wood. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I trust this team to, to, to stay strong mentally and at least give it their all to... Because I, I don't see any other team except maybe, you know, LAFC, but that's that that's just that's a that's a whole other story quite honestly like that's the only venue that intimidates me um this team should have the talent and the the tactical nows to see through any threats absolutely and um i like you said this is our wheelhouse and uh i mean only time will tell but uh i i think that you know this team has the uh has the the quality to um to keep fighting and um, mm -hmm. look you gotta take it one game at a time um, but what they've shown is that, and, and just to kind of talk on that, one of the things that's great about Toronto FC fans is that we have one of the best traveling fan bases, um, you know, with TFC on the road and these companies that, you know, organize, um, you know, these, 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 um, travel plans for away games. Uh, we get a really good turnout for all of our away games, regardless mm -hmm. of where it is. Uh, and so it's like a little piece of BMO always travels with, uh, the team. And I think that this playoffs, you know, if I feel like New York's going to be, uh, uh, a really big uh, turnout for TFC fans. Um, I mean, it always is. And I, I think that honestly, uh, if they beat New York and we end up going to play, you know, Atlanta uh, or Philadelphia, uh, you're just going to see that, that traveling fan base grow with the team as they progress. Uh, and so yep. I, like I said, I feel like, although we're not going to be at home, uh, you're still going to have a little piece of home with you. And that's, that's going to be huge for them to play too. Well, fingers crossed that we do well then. Seven o'clock Wednesday, uh, yeah, seven o'clock Wednesday night, uh, Toronto FC, New York City, uh, City Field. If you guys are not able to make it to the game, make sure you tune in to watch it. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, on TSN. Uh, it's it's a big deal, guys. This team, um, you know, they they showed on Saturday that they have the quality to uh, to beat any team, uh, and uh, now it's time to see if they can step up and back it up, back up that performance with another one, and uh, only time will tell absolutely all right and, and uh, if you are if you are traveling be loud be, be loud very loud and stay safe yes. but yeah please be loud there's nothing better than hearing you know uh, tr uh tfc chants and songs uh through please, the tv please, broadcast please be safe on the road you know you yes. are going to encounter americans who don't understand what soccer is and i know that can be a very traumatic experience for a lot of you Especially if you call it football, God for God help you. Honestly, just don't even bother. Just call it just soccer. Just walk away. Just walk away. Just walk away. <laughs> and if they offer you a gun, say no. Yes, always say no. 
Uh, but that's going to do it for us here, buddy, on the XI Network podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 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 or Spotify. Spotify. Getting my American accent ready for Wednesday. Uh, God damn. Or wherever you get your podcast media. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, you know, all of the social media pages uh, where we, we try to remain as active as we can. Uh, and hey, send us an email. Starting a uh, the starting XI podcast at gmail.com. That has not changed yet. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, make sure that if you like this podcast, uh, you um, you know leave us a comment. Uh, let us know what you like about it. If there's something you want us to change, you know we're always open to ideas. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, Slide into and- our DMs because Justin manages the Instagram account and he loves his DMs. Absolutely. <laughs> Please, guys, slide in, chat me up, send me some heart faces. I'm down. Um, or vomit faces. Or vomit faces. I mean, I am a United supporter, and Chengiz is not a fan of that, so, you know. Oh, man. Hey, yo. We were, I was so close to forgetting about that. Oh, sorry, buddy. I had to remind you. You mean this yeah. massive Rashford jersey that sits behind no, you? No, I don't. No, doesn't. don't even. Don't <laughs> even. Uh, but thank you so much. I'm so glad you're able to come back on. Uh, hopefully, we'll have here, Peter Robinson on talking next week with us. And, uh, yeah, for Chengiz Khan. I'm Justin Barrow. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.